Open with me to Mark, please, the fourth chapter. Mark 4, 35. The same day when even was come, Jesus said to them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Is that what you're going to do? All the way from here to the other side. Amen. And everything it takes from here to there to get from here to there, we'll have and we'll do. Say it out loud. Let us go over to the other side. Amen. That's not go halfway and fail, go halfway and drown, go halfway and perish. No matter what happens, we're going all the way. All the way. Through every trial and test. Say it again. Let us pass over to the other side. 36, it says, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There were other ships. Verse 37. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they wake him, and they say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. As we mentioned earlier, he didn't pray. He didn't get up and pray. Right? He didn't get up and tell the guys, y'all pray. Pray hard. Wasn't time to pray. There's a lot of folks praying when they should be saying. This is not addressed to the Father. He's speaking to the wind. He's speaking to the waves. And many have not understood that he's our example. That we're to follow his example. And do things the way he did it in his name. When there are things that are causing disruption in your life. Things that are causing and bringing harassment and trouble and turmoil. That's not from your father. That's not from your father. That's not a good gift. That's not a perfect gift. And you're not supposed to just beg him incessantly to do something about it. In fact, there's not one place in the New Testament where we're told to pray and ask God to do something about the devil. Did you know that? But we are told repeatedly that we are to resist the devil. And he would flee from us. I know that's radical thinking for a lot of folks. But you've got to watch out for religion. It'll take the place of Scripture. Traditions of men has replaced the Word of God in many people's lives. And they'll fight you over that tradition and not have one Scripture for it. In order for something to be scriptural, you know what you need? Scriptures. Right? Examine everything you believe. Make sure you can find it and establish it in the mouth of at least two or three witnesses in the B-I-B-L-E. Right? And if you can't find it, you ought not be fighting anybody over it. (laughs) You ought not be believing it, basing your life on it, because it's just some man's idea. So he got up and he rebuked the wind. He spoke to the sea, peace, be still. And it obeyed him. Did just what he told it to do. 
the wind ceased. There was a great calm. Verse 40. And he said to them. If theologians had been writing this. It wouldn't have read like this. It would have said. Oh I'm glad you guys woke me up. Well if y'all hadn't woke me up when you did. We, we might have drowned out here. But don't try what I just did. Because I'm the son of God. I can do things. No, no, that's religion. But he said, why are you so full of fear? And how is it that you have no faith? Now, why would he say that to them unless they could have done something with this and should have? After having been around him and seen him operate and what he had charged them and told them to do and sent them to do, by this time they should know what to do in situations like this. But instead of operating in faith and authority, they were full of fear. They were full of fear. And we're not going to throw any stones at them. Because we know what is why they did it. We, we've done it. And it said, when he told them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What was their response? Verse 41. And so they feared exceedingly <laughs> a whole lot more. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey? They can't get their, uh, their eyes off that it's just him. He's the only one that could do this. So they don't understand why he would say this to them. But how many remember scriptures like John that said, He that believes on me, the works I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. And if you'll ask or command anything in my name... I will do it. And we see the people in the beginning days of the church in the book of Acts. Didn't they operate that way? I mean, they spoke to things and calmed things. Just, I mean, when you uh, read the accounts, you'll see that even the unbelievers, the heathen, uh, said they took note of the disciples that they had been with Jesus. When they saw how bold they were and how they operated. And the same thing is true today. When folks have been with Jesus, you get bold. I said, you get bold. Religious people don't like it, but how they just have to get over it. Because I'm not going to try to please them and miss out on the miracles in my life and my needs being met and me fulfilling the plan of God for my life. We don't need to let folks dumb us down and, and water us down. They need to come join us. Glory to God. Now go with me to the book of Luke, please. Luke chapter 8, we talked about the 2 Corinthians 4.13, says we have the same spirit of faith, and we looked at uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So there is a spirit of faith, and there is a spirit of fear, and you'll see that fear and faith don't mix. They don't mix. And if he said, why are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? If you're full of fear, you're not full of faith about that. And if you're full of faith, you're not full of fear about that. I call it the law of displacement. And I'm thinking a number of years ago, a lady, she came with us to healing school there at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry. 
day after day, week after week, month after month. She just kept coming. And uh, finally, her reports came back wonderful. And I mean, it took a while. And somebody asked her, what happened to you? She said, I got so full of the word. I got so full of faith. There was no more room left for that cancer. (laughs) And that's true. That's true. You get the power of God in you. You get faith in you. Healing power working in you. There's no room left. Didn't the Bible say, give the devil what? No no place, no room, no opportunity. So that means we can. We can be so filled with the right things that there's no room for the wrong. And in uh, Luke, the 8th chapter, notice this. In Luke chapter 8 and about verse 50. Jesus made this statement. He said when he had heard it, he said, fear not. Do what? Believe only and she shall be made whole. Say that out loud. Fear not. not. Believe only. only. Say it again. Fear not. not. Believe Believe only. We want to be full of faith and zero fear. No fear at all and full of faith. Faith and fear don't mix. What you can do is alternate yielding to them. (laughs) They don't mix. But you can alternate yielding to them. You can yield to the spirit of faith. And if you do, it will be evidenced. By you having peace and joy and things working good in you and getting results. And then you can turn around and, and start thinking and talking differently and looking at things and focusing on something else and yield to the spirit of fear. And when you do, your peace will leave and your joy will leave and you'll worry and, and you'll have uh, feelings of depression and, and that kind of thing. It's called wavering. Yielding to one, then yielding to the other. But there's a problem with wavering. It hinders from receiving. In James, the first chapter, you remember that? Turn over there. James 1, and we're going to come back to this. So uh, make a note of it. Uh, We're going to get into some things this evening, if you believe with me, that you may think you already know, but you don't. (laughs) Beware of thinking, I know that. I've heard that. There's some elements here that just today, I, I've, I've been preaching some of these things for years myself. And today, I, I mean something that I've quoted, quoted, and quoted. And today, mm, I see it in a different light. I see it in a different way. So reach up and get your ear and tune it. Mm. <laughs> We're listening for things we haven't heard. In verses we have heard. In uh, James 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him do what? Let him do what? Ask. Everybody say ask. Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him do what? Let him ask in faith. Sit out loud. Let him ask in faith. faith. I want you to say that ten times. 
Let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Let him ask how? In faith. Let him do what? Ask. Let him ask how? Let him ask in faith. Maybe we'll say the rest of them in a minute. Hold right there. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. Not fearing and believing, but let him ask how? If you can ask in faith, and wavering's a possibility, that means you can ask in fear. And you got to make up your mind which way you're asking. Because wavering is not good. You'll be like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. You got to ask how? In faith. In faith. Not wavering. Now, we got into previously this week. How do you deal with fear? Fear is pervasive. It's everywhere. And it's, it's one of the devil's, how can I say it? The Bible said he is subtle. And the scripture warns us, lest we be removed from the simplicity that is in Christ by the devil's subtlety. Well, his workings to bring fear are also, like him, subtle. It's subtle. This fear is all over the place. And Christians are yielding to it and not calling it fear. And word of faith people are yielding to it, but they've learned not to use the fear word. They're calling it other things, but it's the same devilish hindering stuff. And all of us know what fear is. All of us have yielded to it. And you have to identify it before You'll deal with it properly. And the two things to do to every fear, and if you'll believe God with me for a few minutes here, we're going to talk about how to overcome every fear. Every fear. Do you believe it, saints? Every fear. The Bible said, I called unto the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. All my fears. How to be free from every Fear. Two things we gave you. The Lord gave me. Number one. Resist it. Right? Resist it. Somebody say resist it. Resist it. And number two was what? Replace it. Replace it. Say it out loud. Resist it. And replace it. Now before you'll resist it. You got to recognize it. As fear. And go into resisting mode. If you think it's normal. If you don't notice it. If you've been yielding to it and think it that way. So long that it's just become part of your life. You won't resist it. And two of the most important things you could ever learn in life. Is what to yield to. And what to resist. (laughs) You got Christians. Yielding to stuff that's straight from the devil. Straight from the pit. 
But because of a religious mindset, they think, well, whatever the Lord wants, and it's got nothing to do with the Lord. Then you got other folks that are resisting the Holy Ghost. They're resisting healing. They're resisting speaking in tongues and being filled. They're resisting the gifts of the Spirit. They're resisting prosperity. That's just dumb. The very thing that helped you get your bills paid. The very thing that gets your babies healed. Right? And yet, because of a religious mindset, folks are resisting. We need to yield to the spirit of faith. Yield to the word of God. But anything that is fear, we need to develop a sharpness about us that we smell fear when it turns the block before it gets to our house. We, we detect it. And the moment we sense, detect, feel, have a thought of fear, we go into resisting mode. We start speaking against it. We start speaking the word that contradicts it. Uh, try it out loud. Say it out loud. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will not fear. I will fear no evil. I will not fear. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. Now you need to say this when you're by yourself. And a thought just came to you that's trying to scare you. When you just got an evil report. Or a friend or a relative told you something is wrong and something's bad and something's going to miss. And the feelings of fear will try to grip you and your heart will try to race in your mind. And you're not supposed to just sit there and go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What are you supposed to do? Go into resisting mode. I refuse to fear. The devil will try to paint you a, a scenario, a picture of failure and defeat. Did you know he shows videos? Did you know the devil shows videos? Mm-hmm. And they never end well. They always have bad endings. Lousy bad endings. <laughs> Me and Dave was talking about this the other day. We are, we're in agreement on this. I don't like shows with lousy endings. No. I know they're supposed to be this and that and whatever. I still don't like them. (laughs) I want the good guy to win and ride off into the sunset on the fast horse. Yeah, everything work out good. Right? Because faith settles for nothing less. Faith will accept nothing less because he always causes us to triumph. If we hadn't won yet, we're not through yet. If it hasn't ended well, we're not done. (laughs) Now this is the end of the show. Nope. Next scene. (laughs) We're going to keep shooting this thing till it turns out right. Till we win. (laughs) I know in healing school, I'd see this with people. I'd go to hospitals and visit people that were pronounced terminal incurable, see people in the classes. And I'd notice maybe at the hospital, you'd come one day and they're doing pretty good 
talking faith. Faith is evidenced by joy and peace. And uh, fear is evidenced by uh, dread and worry and anxiety. You'd go and they're talking good. You go the next day and they're subdued. And they're quiet. They're pleasant. They're polite. But they're quiet. They're quiet. And one day the Lord showed me what's happening. The devil is playing them a video. Of them getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And dying young and prematurely. And people coming to the funeral. And crying over their casket. And then everybody goes away from the graveside. And the seasons change and the leaves fall and the wind blows and Susie's gone. Cut off in the prime of life. So sad, so sad. And the devil will say, wasn't that moving? Let's watch it again. And he'll start you over from the front. Come on, are y'all listening? Don't act so strange. You've watched a bunch of his movies. You know what I'm talking about. It never ends well for you. And if you watch it and begin to expect that and look for that, that is what will happen. Do you remember what Job said? You don't have to turn there. But he said, the thing that I greatly feared, what happened? It came upon me. That's Job 3.25. Don't turn there. Listen to another translation. The NIV says, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. Faith has hope. Fear has dread. Both of these have to do with the future. Faith has hope. Fear has dread. Job said in today's English version, today's English version, everything I fear and dread comes true. Everything I fear and dread comes true. It happens to me. What I dreaded has come to be, another one said. What I dreaded has happened to me. Most people think, Nothing of dread, do they? It's so common, it's so pervasive, that's what I've been talking about, that people think, well, you know, my, why well, dread getting up and going to work in the morning? Why do you dread it? Because you're believing wrong. You're concerned about what might happen or might not happen. Don't let your past color your vision for the future this is such a challenge if you've got up and gone and it was boring and it was hard and it was dull and it was unenjoyable and you got up and did it again and you got up and did it again and you got up and did it again for 10 years 20 years 30 years what do you usually expect then the next day And the challenge is for a spiritual man or woman to say, that was yesterday. (laughs) And tomorrow does not have to be that way. 
I'm going to, uh, against hope, believe in hope. That I might be, Abraham and Sarah saw the same thing day after day, year after year, for 25 years. No babies, 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 no babies. And that's just the first three months. (laughs) For 25 years, same old, same old. But the Bible said against hope, no reason to expect. Abraham expected anyway. (laughs) He wasn't dreading tomorrow. He's looking forward to tomorrow when there's no reason in the natural to look forward to tomorrow. He's looking forward anyhow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like a, an old tent song Brother Shambach used to sing. Hallelujah. Anyhow. <laughs> never, never let your troubles get you down. When life's problems come your way, hold your head up high and say, Hallelujah. Anyhow. Expect anyhow. Expect it anyhow. Yeah, but you're further away from it than you've ever been. No. I'm expecting anyway. There's no reason in the world for you to expect that to happen. Oh, yeah, there is. The Lord told me something. And against hope. Everything you believe for and expect comes to pass. Also, everything you fear and dread. You do it long enough, consistently enough, that comes to pass too. It's a spiritual law. Proverbs 10, 24 goes on to talk about it. It says the thing a wicked man fears will come on him. But the desire of the righteous will be granted. The NIV says what the wicked dreads will overtake him. But the righteous desire will be granted. Do you believe these words, saints? Do you believe these words? What are you expecting? What are you expecting? The rest of this week, the rest of this month, what are you expecting? What are you expecting? A lackluster expectancy reveals weak or no faith, which is why things just keep on staying the same month after month and month after month and year after year. Because when you think about tomorrow and you go, okay, here we go again. There's no expectation of anything different or anything better. That's why when you find a man or woman who's full of faith and full of the word of God, they are wide-eyed because they got an expectation that cannot be quenched. And people will try to throw water on their fire and they can be wet like a drowned rat, as they say, and through the bubbles they'll go. It's exciting. Isn't it exciting? It's just so exciting. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. 
<laughs> you'll be branded a lunatic. You'll be branded extreme. You'll be branded one of them. And you'll also get miracles. Miracles that nobody else gets. Nobody. Because they're not expecting anything. You get what you expect. I know that sounds funny to people, but I've already quoted numerous scriptures. We're about to give you some more. The word hope in the New Testament has gotten a bad rap amongst word and faith people. And I know why. It's because of difference in usage in modern vernacular. And there needed to be a distinguishing when people said, are you believing that you'll be healed now? And somebody said, I sure hope so. And folks are going, no, no, no. You don't want hope. You you want faith. That's not exactly true. In fact, it's just not true at all. If you have faith, you will have hope every time. Faith doesn't go anywhere without hope. And sometimes folks will say, well, yeah, you get your hope and then you get your faith. No, no. Again, it's a misunderstanding of the word. When you have, go to Hebrews 11. I tell you, stop by Romans 8 on the way. (laughs) We've already talked about this. You tuned your ear a while ago, right? And and you're ready to hear things you hadn't heard from the same verses that you know. Romans 8. Thank you, Lord. The devil just so badly did not want you to see and hear these things tonight. Oh, he wanted. Tough. Too late. Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse 24. Says, we are saved by what? By what? Don't we saved by faith? <laughs> we saved by what? No, we're saved by faith. <laughs> we're saved by hope. There's no contradiction in saying you're saved by faith or saved by hope. When you understand it, there's no contradiction. There, there shouldn't even raise an eyebrow. But it's because of misunderstanding of what hope is. When people use the word hope in the last 50 years and up to this time, I hope so. It's got nothing to do with what this word is in the New Testament. It basically means a wish or a desire. I hope so means I I want it to be. I wish it would be. That's got nothing to do with this. The word translated hope here basically means expectation. Confident expectation. This one word has helped me as much in my faith walk as anything that since I've begun learning about the Lord. As to know what faith is and how to walk in it. If I'm in faith about something, I'm expecting something. I'm not waiting to see if it might happen. I'm expecting it. Somebody said, Brother Keith, that's future tense. I know. Faith is past, present, and future tense, just like God. 
What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. That's present tense. When you believe you received it, now it's past tense. What's the next phrase? And you shall have them. Me believing I have received them. Didn't say I saw and felt it. It says I believed I received it. Puts me in a state of confident expectation that I will see it. And I will feel it. That's hope. That's what it is. Keep reading. We're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? He hasn't seen it yet. Hasn't happened in the natural yet. That's why you're hoping for it. Not English vernacular. You're expecting it. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience or perseverance wait for it. Just like Abraham and Sarah. Year after year after year, God told him something and he just kept expecting it to happen. And even after a year and five and ten and twenty and when he's about a hundred years old and she's so old and she couldn't conceive when she was young and there's no reason in the world for them to expect to have a baby, but they expect to have one anyhow because God told them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our sister expected to get down here in Florida and serve, right? No matter, everything was telling her she couldn't. And to forget about that and throw that aside, how many know that would have been the worst thing to do to forget about coming and serving in your future and just shape your future around dying? Do you see what happens again and again and again? People quit trying to live. And they start getting ready to die. And their whole life then is focused on dying. And getting ready to die. Expecting to die. Expecting. Now, you know, there's, the Lord tarries is coming. There's a time when we're going to leave here. But you don't have to leave in midlife. You don't have to leave with one of the diseases we've been redeemed from. You can live out a long, strong, full, clear, bright life. And when you're good and ready, you and your master's good and ready for you to go. And not a day before, you go. What are you expecting, saints? If we'd open up our spirit and open up our mind, we'd get real revelation in the next few minutes. Be honest with yourself. What are you expecting to happen in your life? The next few days, next few weeks, rest of the year. What are you honestly, genuinely really expecting to happen? Because that's what your faith is. Right? That's what you believe. Are you dreading anything? (laughs) Dreading is dangerous. Dreading is dangerous because what you fear... You're opening the door for it to come on you. You or me. And you got to be on your watch all the time because it's subtle. It's subtle. It's sneaky. It's tricky. And it's so pervasive and we were born into it and we've been surrounded by it. Until if you yield to fear and talk fear, most folks won't even notice it. Because they're doing the same thing. Won't they? They'll just go, yeah, I know. 
Man, don't you dread this? Yeah, it's that time of year. <laughs> Boy, I'm not looking forward to that. And they go, no, me neither. Mm. You're not looking forward. What does that mean? It means you're dreading it. What are you fearing? Well, you know, it's been that way every year for the last 50. Yeah, but faith would expect something new this year. Faith would believe for something that hasn't happened. Pastors, pastors, ministers, never talk about your slow season of the year. Never talk about your slump. When you say every year this time, we have such and such, it drop, our finances really drop off about this time of year, every year. You're not just uh, making a statement, you're prophesying. You can say it has been that way in the past. That's a statement of fact. But if you say it always happens... That's a prophecy. You're speaking over your future. And you're revealing that you're expecting it. And so you'll get ready for less. <laughs> you'll prepare for to get tight. And when the money drops off, you won't even be surprised. You'll be like, yeah, we're expecting this. Another way to say it is you were believing for it. It's subtle. It's sneaky. Man, the enemy, he doesn't come in the front door. He comes in the back window of the utility room. And he sneaks around and he'll bring a little thought and a little feeling and he'll try to couch it in just normal life and living. And next thing you know, you'll be thinking, "Mm, yeah, boy, I'm not looking forward to that. And, and what he's doing, he's getting fear in. And he'll, then he'll bring somebody by to add to it and confirm it and feed it. And if he can get you to dreading it, he's got an open door. Say it out loud, everybody. Lord, show me any fear, large or small, any dread, large or small, that I've yielded to. That I've given place to. Help me to see it clearly. And by your grace. I will resist it. And I will replace it. With faith in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Keep going Romans 15. Romans 15. 15, 13. Do you know God's a faith God? Did you know he's just as much a hope God? (laughs) That doesn't sound right to word in faith people's ears. But do you like the Bible? What does the Bible say right here? The God of what? He is the God of hope. If he's the God of something, you ought not look at it narrowly. Or treat it slightly. Or speak disparagingly of it. God is the God of hope and he will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in what? What is hope? Confident expectation that you may abound in hope 
through the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. When you're really believing, it's going to be evidenced by hope and joy and peace. If you, the Lord showed me this uh, years ago when I first started working in healing school. I was totally green. I knew four or five healing scriptures and two faith scriptures. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, there are people that are sick and in a bad way, and I'm, I'm trying to help. And, and I, I remember one day, I sh- this happened more than once. I, uh, uh, this fellow had this problem, and I told him, I said, well, you know, praise God. First Peter 2.24 said, uh, by his stripes, he said, yeah, we were healed. He said, I was quoting that verse when your mama was changing your diaper. Of course, back then I was a lot younger than I am now. And, uh, and uh, so I, I thought, okay, uh, let me try to think of one that maybe he don't know. <laughs> and that's what I thought. I thought, well, my problem is I don't know enough scriptures. I need to find some new scriptures that these guys hadn't heard of and don't know because uh, they already know these and they're not excited about them. And... <laughs> That's fine. You, already, you see a problem there already, don't you? And uh, really I did. So I started trying to be more well-versed and, and try to think up one they didn't know. And, and uh, finally the Lord corrected me. He said, son. I don't mean to hurt a voice, but very distinctly on the inside of me. He said, son, if somebody is alarmed, they're upset, they're worried, they're fretted, and you give them what I said... And after you do, they're still as upset as they were before you gave it to them. They don't believe me. You don't need to find a new verse. They need to believe the one you just gave them. Faith is not knowledge. It's not knowing and being able to quote a bunch of stuff that is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world and it's a spirit. Hallelujah. It's a spirit about you. It's the spirit David, King David operated in. It's the spirit Elijah operated in. The spirit of faith. Oh, somebody say glory to God. You got that same spirit of faith in you and on you. This is not about a head full of scriptures and quoting King James English. This is about you are so convinced of something that there's not a doubt in your heart and mind, but it will come to pass. You're looking for it. You're expecting it. Jesus has already bought and paid for it. You've already believed you received it. It's already been granted. So you expect to see it and feel it and experience it and live in it. That's hope. And it's glorious. Somebody say glorious hope. Do you have faith that Jesus is the Savior? Do you have faith that he's coming again? Do you see the two? The hope of the resurrection you have because of your faith in his resurrection. You believe when you die, you're going to slip out of your body, go straight to be with Jesus. It hasn't happened yet. That's a hope. It's an, not a wish, an expectation. Expectation. And you have it because of your faith. 
Look at that verse again. Then we look at our quote Hebrews. The God of what? Read it out loud. The God of hope fill you with all joy. This is how you can tell you got hope. Because you got joy. And you got peace. Why? Because you're not expecting to go down. You're expecting something wonderful. Right? You're expecting something wonderful. So it gives you joy and it gives you peace. Because you're believing. And as you develop, you don't get less expectation. You get to the place where you are bubbling, abounding, overflowing in hope. In expectation. You just are, other people's minds and eyes, you're just silly with it. Every time they see you go, isn't it exciting? It's so exciting. It's so exciting. They're like, what? What? It's exciting. It's exciting. What God is doing in the earth this year is exciting. It's exciting. Now, there will be millions that will drag themselves through the year and be bored out of their head and miserable. But it won't be because God's not doing something amazing and mighty. And if you believe you're part of it, you're getting ready for the party right now. <laughs> the devil's a liar. He'll try to tell you this ain't going to work and that's going to go flop. And you go, what you excited about? You're not going to make it through that. You say, shut up, loser. Everything the Lord has told us will certainly come to pass. Everything he's given me, I will possess. Everything. 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 Why? Because I won't quit till I do. Like we said, if it didn't end right, we'd just shoot another scene. <laughs> right? Till we get it right. Till we, the ending is us. Winning. Us with the white hat. Foot on the devil's head. <laughs> That's us. The glorious church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who? What are you expecting? Are you looking forward to some things? Or are you dreading some things? Because no matter how many scriptures you quote, that shows what's in your heart. That shows whether it's faith you're yielding to or whether it's fear you're yielding to. Go with me to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. This is the thing I said the Lord ministered to me today that I had read and read, but I had read over it. I'm sure I'll see some more things in it later. Matthew 6 and verse 25. What do you do with the fear? What do you do with the fear? Immediately and strongly resist it. What if that same fear comes back to you another 300 times that afternoon? Resist it another 300 times. Right? If it comes a thousand times, resist it a thousand times. And replace it. Replace it with faith in what the Lord told you. For the Lord gave us this phrase this week. uh, For every terror that would imprison you, 
there's a truth that'll make you free. And what do you replace the fear with? You replace it with faith in the truth that God spoke to you about that situation. And you expect that even when everybody else is expecting something else. You expect that. Well, the economy this and the economy that and the government this and the government that and the place where I work and they laying everybody off. When a thought like that comes, you don't just take it and put on a plastic smile and go, well, just keep a, keep a stiff upper lip. And, and No, no. You need to speak up. When you know something's trying to get in you, this is an attack on you. A thought, a feeling, and you need to immediately say, no, no matter what happens, it's going to be well with me and mine. We're going to be well fed. We're going to be well clothed. We're going to have plenty of money for my kids and their college and everything. And I'm not just a talking. I expect it. The reason I expect it is because I believe something. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the substance That word substance is a word that has to do with foundation of what? Things expected. I have hope because I have faith. I expect something because I'm persuaded of something. Can you see that, saints? If I'm expecting something bad, it's because I believe something bad. And I have fear because I believe something bad. If I believe something good... I'm expecting something good. It's not hard to detect these things, is it? And the Lord put his finger on this for me today about how we can detect this sneaky stuff, the subtle variances of fear the enemy's trying to work all the time in us and around us. Matthew 6, are you there? 25. Jesus said what? I say to you, take no thought For your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Go to 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Keep reading. Why take thought for raiment? Consider the lilies. Verse 29. Solomon was not arrayed like those. Verse 30. If God so clothed the grass of the field, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. See, asking those kind of questions shows small faith and lack of faith. Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought. This is anxious, fearful thoughts saying. Saying, what shall we eat? What are we going to drink? Where are we going to get our clothes? What did the Lord say to us about this? Don't say this. Don't receive these thoughts and don't say this. Reckon how many Christians take this seriously. These are questions. What's wrong with asking a question? If it's full of fear, is everything wrong with it? Asking the question reveals you're yielding to the fear. You're letting it in. I want you to hear the question again. 
What shall we eat? That's just a question. No, words are containers, aren't they? You can put all kind of different things in them. Asking a question in unbelief and fear is never okay. It reveals you're giving place to fear. You got to train yourself to notice it and detect it and to help your family and your kids and anybody who works under you and around you. Hold your place here. Put back up James for us. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, do what? Some say, well, there you go. What's wrong with asking? Ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it'll be given him. But what? But what? You can ask in fear, and you can ask in faith. Can you see it? And there's worlds of difference between the two. Ask in faith, what? Nothing wavering. The Lord has trained Phyllis and I for decades now in this. And I, the Lord helped me to see it today. I've seen it, but I'm seeing it clearer and clearer. Sometimes you don't realize what you're doing and how you're living. You've been doing it for years, but you notice it with other folks if they're not doing it. But it's not our job to try to correct everybody. If somebody comes to me and says, what are we going to do? I'm not even thinking about what we're going to do. The problem is the fear in this question. We got to deal with that before we can go forward. We need this. We need this. What are we going to do? That is not okay. The Lord's helped me and many of us. When I hear that, I'm not just hearing the words. I'm hearing what's in that. And man, it comes up inside me. And I'm not even ready to think about the answer to the question. Because that's not even relevant right now. This fear can ruin our lives. If we get in fear and we start dreading this deadline that's coming and being afraid we won't have this money or we won't have this stuff, we're in trouble. It's okay to ask in faith. It's never okay to ask in fear. Go back to Matthew 6. See if you hear it differently this time. The Amplified, Matthew 6.31. Therefore do not worry and be anxious. How can you tell they're yielding to fear? Because they're saying, what are we going to have to eat? Now see, you know why it's so quiet right now? Because what's wrong with that? People think, well, I mean, we're just asking a question. The head of the church told us not to do this. Are we going to take him seriously or not? What are we going to do? That's not okay. You can come to the Lord and ask him what you're going to do, but you've got to ask it in faith. Expecting an answer. Expecting to come out. Well, how are we going to do this? Mm-mm, start over. <laughs> start over. 
I don't know what we're going to do. At this point, what you're going to do is irrelevant. Until you get in faith, it's impossible to please God, and you're not hooked with him right now. What are you upset about? What are you alarmed about? Something's scaring you. <laughs> you're already yielding to fear. Well, you know how things do in, in 90 days. Where are we going to get that? The head of the church told you not to say that. Didn't he? Yes, sir. Told me not to say it. Didn't he? Now you can come before him and you can say, Lord, I know you always provide for me. And I know you never let me down and you never will. What do I need to know about how to do this? Because I know you're going to show me. And I know we're going to have it. And I know it's going to be good. That's faith. And if you ask in faith, nothing wavering, you'll get it. But if you ask and then you're scared and then you, what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. You won't receive anything, James said. Of all the things that people wrestle with and fuss with, this is important. This is significant. This is where battles are lost or won. When things first arise and things first come up and you just found out you're going to have a $10,000 air conditioner bill. You just found out that they diagnosed your child with a problem. You just found out what you do in the next 10 seconds can be the difference between failure and premature death and losing stuff financially or seeing a miracle. Go back to Luke, the 8th chapter. Oh, somebody say glory to God, glory to God. Luke 8 and 49. You know the story. The ruler of the synagogue's daughter was at death's door. He came and asked the Lord, and the Lord came and followed him. And here comes people from his house. And they say, "Uh, your daughter's dead. It's too late. Don't bother the master any further. No need him coming. She's gone. She just slipped away a few minutes ago. I'm so sorry for your loss. Next verse. When Jesus heard it, he didn't talk to them. He looked at him. And what did he say? Come on, can you, can you see the master's eyes looking into yours? Can you hear his voice? What does he say? Fear not. What's another way of saying that? Resist that. Resist that fear. Do not yield to it. Do not give in to it. What am I going to do instead? Do you reckon that uh, he had feelings? They just told him his little darling is dead. It's over. She's not breathing. She's gone. All these thoughts would have hit him. It's all trying to get in him. And if it didn't matter, Jesus would have just ignored him and just went on to the house and raised her up if it didn't matter. But it matters so much that Jesus stops in his tracks, fixes his eyes on him and says, don't fear. Why? What's he saying? Don't quit me. We got this for now. Don't stop. Don't fear. Fear not. Do what? Only believe. And she shall be whole. That's future. 
What should this word do? He's already believing. And if you're believing, it gives you hope. It gives you an expectation. And Jesus just confirmed it to him as plain as you can say it. Keep on believing and she shall be made whole. You're going to see it. It's going to happen. And by the grace of God, he girded up his loins spiritually and nodded his head. And they kept going. Hallelujah. Can you see this was such a critical moment? Such a pivotal point in this whole scenario. His correct response to believe and expect instead of fear and fall apart is why this story is in the Bible. Why they got this miracle. Friend, don't think, well, I I don't know that many scriptures. I don't, you know, I don't claim to be some great spiritual person. Friend, it doesn't require that. It's a choice. Every time something comes up, it's a choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to believe and expect something good to happen here? Or am I going to fear and dread the rest of what follows? Oh, hallelujah for faith. Thank God for the faith that conquers the whole world. Unfailing, unconquerable faith. Can you say amen? Amen. Go to Psalms, please. The book of Psalms. Psalm 16. What do you do when fears come? How do you deal with them? You resist them and you replace them. And one of the things you replace that fear with is you replace that dread with a hope. And you don't have to have a natural reason why you're expecting it because you got a better reason. He told you something. He said something to you. And you can expect it no matter what else is going on. In Psalm 16, Psalm 16 and verse 8, we read earlier in the week where Paul described a situation where he had fightings without and fears within, and he said, my flesh had no rest. And we talked about that if you don't have peace and faith on the inside, your flesh can't rest on the outside, no matter what you do. But notice, here's the key to having that rest on the inside. Psalm 16 and 8 says, I've set the Lord always before me because he's my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. Now notice this next phrase. What? My flesh shall rest in hope. In this confident expectation of good. My flesh is able to rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We read from Romans 15. The God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. I say it like this. This is my practice. I like cars and machines. So it, uh, I do well with those kind of analogies. In my mind, as I go down life's road in my faith mobile, there's two gauges I got to keep an eye on. <laughs> my joy gauge and my peace gauge. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? 
How many know on your car there's a gauge or two you better watch once in a while? Right? There's one gauge in particular. If it gets around that E and just keeps hovering around there, you just keep driving around, it just keeps going lower, what's going to happen? Sputter, sputter. On the roadside you'll be. I see knowing looks across the crowd. Faith is that way. We live by faith. We move by faith. We walk by faith. We motivate through this life by faith. And there's a couple of gauges you better watch because they indicate how well you're doing in faith. If you're believing and you've got a brilliant hope in front of you because of what you believe, your joy is going to be there. Your peace is going to be there. Do you believe it, saints? Why? Because you've got something to look forward to. You're excited about it. When you get to the place where you, you're upset and you're anxious, you've got no peace. You're down and depressed, you've got no joy. Look out, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because you're, you're stopping believing. You're giving place to fear. And if you keep on going and try to keep going with no joy and no peace, you're going to sputter to a, a close on the roadside of despair. You're not going to continue to move. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Somebody say, I have faith. And I have hope. And I have joy. And I have peace. Glory to God. See the joy of the Lord. Is your strength. Right? Why would you have joy. When everybody else is crying and throwing up their hands. Because you believe something they don't believe. And that causes you to expect something they're not expecting. And that makes you happy. And gives you peace. My flesh shall rest in hope. This is quoted again in Acts 2, 26. Go to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What's God's will for you? Good or bad? Destruction or victory? Yeah, is it? Then that's what you got to look forward to. Everywhere I go, he gives me victory. Everywhere I go, his spirit is on me. God is my God. There's no greater one than he. Everywhere I go, he gives me victory. (laughs) When I get up, he gives me victory. When I go to the job, His Spirit is on me. No matter what comes, I always overcome. Everywhere I go, He gives me victory. And it makes me glad and happy to open my eyes. It makes me glad I got joy on the inside. Every day is a new day. It's the one the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in victory. (laughs) Say it out loud. Everywhere I go, he gives me victory. Everywhere I go, his spirit is on me. God is my God. There's no greater one than he. 
Everywhere I go, He gives me victory. Tomorrow is not yesterday. If you'll do something different tomorrow than you did yesterday, you can have a different outcome tomorrow than you had yesterday. Don't just expect it to be the same old, same old, and dread it. You can bring anointing into the workplace with this kind of faith that will get off on other people. Right? And instead of standing around the water cooler and grumbling and griping like they have the last 20 years, even if they ignore you and think you're goofy for a while, after a while, did you know fear is contagious? Did you know faith is also contagious? Dread is contagious. It's catching. But hope, glorious hope, is also contagious. And after a while, people will keep, you know, they see you and they see how much you're enjoying not being depressed. And even if they think you're goofy, they still kind of envy you because you're just, you're not on drugs and antidepressants and everything else. And Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Boy, faith makes you bold. Makes you sassy. Sassy. You just go, who shall I? Come on, somebody say it out loud. Whom shall I fear? What will I be afraid of? I'm not afraid of anything. Anybody. What if you die? Go straight to be with Jesus. The Lord is the strength of of my life that goes hand in hand with the joy of the Lord is your life of whom shall I be afraid keep reading we'll skip down to 13 verse 13 for time's sake I had fainted this is what happens when you yield to fear and dread the joy of the Lord is your strength the depression of dread is your weakness it is like pulling the drain on the bathtub the more you dread the weaker you get I had fainted unless what? Unless I had believed to see. This is future. I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Not when I get to heaven. Yeah, we're going to see it there. Right here and now in the land of the living. I have faith. It gives me hope. I'm persuaded of what he told me. I'm believing to see some things. I'm believing to see. I believe I don't need to look back to previous generations and wish I'd have been born back then. I'm on the cutting edge of what God is doing in the earth. Nobody's ever lived this late and this close to the fulfillment of all things as you and I right now. Oh, kohanshni and jiri banala kofre and miente pesta loshe. And I've been preparing through my seed, through my people to raise up a generation that would believe me.
for the exceeding good and wonderful things that were too big for previous generations to believe. Will you expect them? Will you believe for the fulfillment of all things? Will you? Yes, I will. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Who could have planned that? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, let's just lift up our hands and praise Him some more. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, O God. 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 Ho, 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 ho. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, Psalm 42. Just remain standing. Put it up on the screen for us, please. Psalm 42, 5. What do you do when fears and dreads assault your soul? What do you do? Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? What do you do? You resist the fear. What else do you do? You replace it with hope in God based on your faith in God. Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him for the help of his count. He keeps saying it over and over. Verse 11. He said it again. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? You've got no reason to be moping around like this. Do you know what God has planned for you? Do you know why you were born for such a time as this? Do you know what is in front of you? Hope thou in God. Hallelujah. I will yet praise. Say it out loud. I will yet praise him. Who is the health of my countenance. He says it again. He just keeps repeating. He said it in the next psalm. Psalm 43 and 5. And did you know that we, like David, like these of old, we have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. How can you tell when you're yielding to fear? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to get it? How is it going to happen? I just don't see how. I don't know from where. Friends, are you alert and awake? Do you believe your sensor is up to watch for that now? Do you believe so? The moment you hear it, detect it, whether it's to you or somebody else, immediately you need to put up your defenses and start resisting it. 
And instead of that, what do you replace it with? Will we have enough to do it? No, we'll have too much. Are we going to make it? No, we're not just going to make it. We're more than conquerors. We, we're going to win and then some. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Say it out loud. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you know Philippians 1, don't turn there, but Philippians 1, 28 tells us that when everybody around us is shaken and moved and we're not scared, we're not alarmed, that it is a sign from God to them when we're not scared. It's a sign in the earth that we are fear free. We have zero fear. It's a sign of God's reality. It's a sign of our victory. It's a sign of their destruction if they don't change. Listen to this word, saints, from God himself. I know the plans I have for you. (laughs) No, you didn't hear that. I know the plans I have for you. Good plans. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.